It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic, episode 307. Sure. Yes. I never know what episode it is. We're seven episodes into the new season and I just don't know. Um, this week, I am here with not Jeff and also not Jeff. Uh, it's uh, Nick and Tim. Hey. Hi. <laughs> I only said it that way because you said, well, I'm not Jeff. Because <laughs> <laughs> we were going to argue over how many shots and goal they had last night. Only if there was a way we could find out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to argue senselessly about it. It was 39. <laughs> 38, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was close to 40. Wow. Oh! <laughs> That's actually kind of funny. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Jeff's away this week. Nick was kind enough to fill in after doing an early morning shift, and he's awake now. Yeah, took a nap. feel great. <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, we've had a couple of episodes where I just started laughing for about three minutes and I don't know if that's going to be this one, but who knows? We'll see. So let's get right into it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready to dive in. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. We're going to start talking about the game of the week. And as a Bruins fan, wow, not a good week. The game that I least wanted to watch, that game against the Mild was the best one they played. Very yes. brief. And, and it they... seems like so long ago. Yeah, I was, that was Monday, but that seems like an eternity ago. Yeah, this uh... schedule's so weird. So weird. I mean, uh, you know, it's like I can't remember very much about the game. I probably should have actually looked at the stuff and thought about it. But I figured, hey, you guys will tell me about it, right? I did watch it. I, I was happy that I watched it. They won. I re- I'm starting to recall what happened. So at one point, yeah, it's all coming back to me. Uh, it looked like the Bruins just had that game uh, just, you know, totally in their control. They were up 4-1 uh, to one at one point. But in classic Bruins style, it did become 4-3. Uh, to three. So it's like, oh, geez. It got, it got, a, it got, a, it got a little close. But they, they, remained, uh, they remained on the lead, and they won. So that's cool. Um Five Bruins scored, and at least and uh, ten at least had one point. Wow! Yeah, That's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. Okay. Now I do remember that. Yes, they they kind of almost gave up the lead, but they didn't. They held on. Uh, this team has a, a problem with keeping their foot on the gas pedal. <laughs> What's a gas pedal? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I think this team like doesn't yeah bother with a gas pedal. They just like push the t- the car up a hill and put it in neutral and just hope they push it up far enough at- for the start of the game and it will just propel them through to, to victory <laughs> it peters out like halfway through the um second period and they're trying to find another hill before the end of the third yeah. i i mean that's what it kind of feels like the gas pedal's injured anyway so it wouldn't matter <laughs> So they had a clutch and no gas pedal. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be fair, they haven't had a starter half the season either. So 
they're just they're just not good right now. They're bad. Well, okay, a lot of that is injury. Yeah, I mean it is, and it's it's tough when you have it's 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 always tough when you have a lot of injuries, but it's even more tough when you have injuries to guys you really can't have injuries to because they're so important to your team. And that's kind of what's happening. It's not just injuries. It's injuries to the wrong guys. Right. If you had injuries to Matt Bolesky or Frank Vitrano or, I mean, you had Nolachari out for 13 games and, you know, Nolachari is great for some things, but he's not one of your main scorers. So, you know, right. uh, he's not your assist leader. He's not, he's not your second line center or your third line center. <laughs> Or, you know, he can play center, but he was out. That's the point. The point is that, uh, you know, they've had injuries to other people that are not as important as this Krejci injury is right now. You know, and that Spooner. And thankfully, they're both starting to skate again. Oh, my God. I I never thought I'd be so excited for uh, Spooner to come back. I know. I'm yeah. like, come back and be on fire, please. But I know that's not going to happen. But please, please, just try to be on fire. You know, like there are just there are injuries that we can we can have, but there have been so many, and they are pervasive throughout the lineup that even any other person who just gets injured is just adding to the pile of misery that we've had this this season. Uh, remember how we talked about how it would be great to see this team? Like we'd have to get this team together, like the way it was supposed to be comprised as the the starting lineup, the starting day, except we didn't have Bergie then, but you get it. Right. Plus Bergie. It would be great to see what that team's going to look like, but we've got Bacchus and McQuaid out until January or something like that, so, well, McQuaid will come back probably in December, but the the point is, yeah. they're out. Don't know when Spooner's coming back. Krejci is, Krejci is this huge question mark. They finally put him on IR, by the way. Right, and then he started skating right after that. <laughs> Well, maybe they needed to do that sooner so he would start skating. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if they did a retroactive IR or something, but yeah, they needed to do something because uh, it went from day to day to week to week. And then, you know, he was like two weeks. It seems like he's been out for two weeks before they even did anything with IR. So come on, get with the program. It's just tough, too, with how he was playing this season. Oh, I mean, he, he was looking to have a resurgence and then it got halted. Yeah, he played well when he when he was playing. Yes. Oh, oh okay. No, I was going to say something about the game of the week. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and how, uh, even though it was a while ago, it does kind of show in a micro bubble really what this team is about. And it, and it shows us some optimism, some things that are, I think the Bruins, sh- something that you get is excited. At least to me, Tory Krug in that game played absolutely fantastic. Much really as he has ever since he got that uh, lower part of his... Uh, I guess the job protector off it removed from his helmet. I think Tory Krug. I I had him leading the team in assists. Ah, he's not far off from it. I think uh, moving forward, we were like, hey, Tory Krug's playing well. We, that that's good. Um, and Jake DeBrusque, my boy, number seventy-four. I wear number seventy-four when I play hockey. He got a goal against Minnesota. Yeah, I guess he was scratched against uh, Toronto. Last uh, the four-one loss due to Toronto. Maybe they should play him because hey he, he scores when he's in i don't know he's my boy he's my new boy um he's looking like a uh like a good player and uh although in that minnesota game i don't think uh they didn't score at all in the power play but somehow the bruins power play is actually pretty good uh currently ranked um give me just a moment nine 
ninth in the NHL at 22%. Hmm. Yeah, they just have to get on a power play. Yes. And, uh, you know, if you wanted to look at the games, uh, the other games this week, they had a really tough time getting on the power play because you can look at it and say that there were some of those penalties that were just, like, very, very weak. Oh, I don't know, Brendan Carlo getting sent to the box when Kadri oh. high-sicked him first. It was bad. Referring to the Brendan Carlo call. Yeah. If you wanted to send them both off, I... Which I thought was going to happen. Yep. But I, I honestly, I think Kadri really just needed to go on that one. And he drew a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just it's just really annoying. It's, it's disheartening. And I, I don't want to be that person who says, Oh, God, the Bruins, they got all these penalties called against them, blah, 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 blah. But sometimes it's true. I guess it's true everywhere, but I'm a Bruins fan. That's where I see it. And our bias does not influence our decision-making at all. Never. No. Well, if I had enough patience to go watch other games, um, which I do sometimes, I've noticed there have been bad calls. There are bad calls. The refs, I don't know. I must have been high when I thought that they were pretty decent. That's all. Cause, or drunk. Probably drunk. Yeah, definitely drunk. Mm. Because I feel like the officiating is just terrible lately. But anyway. Something Nick said about the power play, too. On the flip side, the penalty kill is actually fifth in the league right now. So that's also playing really well. So, I mean, at least your special teams are playing well. I mean, it stinks that you're giving up so many uh, even strength goals, but at least you're not giving away the uh, power play goals yourself as well. Yeah, that's... That that power play, excuse me, that penalty kill just became so much better the moment Bergeron came back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's really Bergeron's important in all three phases of the game. Just the... and and props to Schaller um, holding it down on that second penalty kill unit. Yeah. Yes, I was told this week that uh, by a listener that we don't give Tim Schaller enough love, and my what. <laughs> I love Dr. Scholar. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, see, it, I'm just saying that that's, that's what was communicated to us through uh, this week, that we don't give him enough love. So um, now's the time to go ahead and give him love. Hey, I can I can continue my love of Schaller. As I mentioned, I used to, pl- I used to play hockey with a guy who used to be his teammate back in New Hampshire. And I was on Facebook the other day, and I noticed... After the Bruins won, I think Schaller got an empty netter against uh, against Minnesota. Bringing it all back to the game of the week here. Yeah. I noticed uh, that friend said, way to go, bees. Awesome empty netter by Schaller. And Schaller was bolded uh, on, uh, on Facebook, which means like, oh, he probably has a, a fan page. Let me click on it. No, it was Tim Schaller's personal Facebook account. No shit. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did not send a friend request and I was a bit surprised. Schaller, like he only had like 300 friends, but it, it was definitely him. Damn. Well, let's just admit it. He probably doesn't have like 300 friends. I mean, yeah. He, not that honestly, he sits like, and talks to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think right now on Facebook, I have a thousand friends, which is to me disgusting. Mm. Um... But that's a topic for another day. Yes, I don't. I don't friend everybody that I've ever met. <laughs> I only, <laughs> and I barely use Facebook anymore, anyway. So it's fine. 
Yeah, the book face isn't really great. Yeah, but 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 anyway, the the point is is that Tim Schaller has a Facebook account, and um, you can go try to be his personal friend if you want to. <laughs> exactly. That's really what I was getting at. Everybody, just flood his inbox. I'm sure he's just looking at it all the time. Probably not. Yeah, no, I think his last post on there was like, his, his default picture is still with Buffalo. Well, that kind of tells you how much he gets on there. Yeah. Quite often, so... Yes, we love Tom. Uh, Tom, we love Tom Schiller around here, you know. We do love Tom Schiller. <laughs> Tom Schiller is so awesome. <laughs> I really did just put that in my head that way. Tim Schaller, the doctor. <laughs> the doctor's always in. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, Tim Schaller earned a, a chance on on that second line against. Uh, was it against the Rangers? That he was up there, and it was like, wow, he's on the second line. But yeah, I believe it was the Rangers. Yeah, I think at this point Cassidy's trying anything to make it work, and I'm not. That's nothing to say. That's not, I'm not saying anything bad about any players. It's just he he needs something to click right now until pieces come back. Yeah, it, it's really tough when you have really one good line right now. Yeah, I mean that's that's not gonna win you a ton of games. All right. After Satter's game against the Capitals, Brad Marchand was out with an upper body injury, and it turns out that it was a concussion. Everybody was kind of quiet about it uh, for whatever reason, and uh, luckily he did come back on Friday. You know, so he, yes. he missed a couple of games, but he we really missed him a lot. Not just because we love Brad around here; it's just that uh, you know, yeah, it has nothing to do with this play. We just really like him. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. He's just a really great guy. Yeah. <laughs> I would want him as a son. <laughs> uh, all right, so Brad's pretty awesome, and we did miss him, and he's back. So that was good. And then who else came back on Friday? Oh, Je- uh, I'm, I'm telling you right now. First of all, I think that uh, Bruce Cassidy absolutely loves Nolachari. And secondly, Jack... Edwards had nothing but good things to say. <laughs> I I am. Um, actually, this has been my latest thing. I watch the games, but I watch the games on mute, and I listen to Dropkick Murphys. Uh, okay. So I didn't hear what Jack had to say. Oh, he just is always talking about how he has such good, clean, through-the-body hits and all that stuff. And it's just like, yeah, you're right. I get it. I like it. I love that he wears 55 and he hits like Johnny. It's great. Love it. Mm. You know, he's your, he's your boy. He's my boy. And if I ever get to talk to him, I'm going to ask him where he gets his pizza strips. That's that's all. But anyway. Pizza strips. <laughs> <laughs> These mysterious things I've only heard about that are closed on Mondays. Um... That's right. It's terrible. <laughs> on Monday in Rhode Island. <laughs> Everything you want to do is, yes. yeah. So that was really great to have him back. We still have Krejcio, Spooner, McQuaid, Bacchus. Am I missing anyone? I don't think so. Wow. So we're, we're like, it's not so much a mountain anymore of injuries. It's kind of like just a big dirt pile of, of injuries. Okay. Got it. Whew. 
I mean, there's some gold in that dirt, but yeah. Well, you know, it's too bad we don't have our resident gold and dirt and rock ex- expert here to talk about Crap, that. Crap, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, he would probably say, well, technically that's more like a silver more than a gold, but okay. Um, that's a very bad Jeff impression. I'm sorry, Jeff, for listening to this. And be like, and probably in the next podcast, Jeff is going to be like, yeah, that Nick Baggio, Bojangles, woo, bow time. Oh, we did talk um, about that last week, I think. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, you listened. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, let, just let you guys know, I haven't had Bojangles since moving to Raleigh, which is a few months. So you must be feeling better. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> Uh, all right, so just to wrap up this week of sucky play, if we didn't already discuss this, they played the Rangers and looked flat and terrible. They played against the Maple Leafs on Friday night and looked okay for all but like the last minute or two. Just just ice it. You don't have to just, just ice the puck. It's okay. You can ice the puck. You can ice the puck when there's 50 seconds left. Especially when... You're down a man because they have the, they they pulled the goalie for an extra attacker. You can ice the puck when you're not well positioned and just be tired and just try it again on the next faceoff. Maybe take a time out there. The Bruins did not do that. They had a chance to ice it and instead they just kind of did a little eh, a little bit of push to try to get outside the zone, but not ice it. And Toronto was able to retain the puck inside the Bruins zone. Ended up costing them the uh, win in regulation and. Obviously, the win as a whole, as we found out in overtime. Wow, I just remembered that we have to do a sexy schedule reading later. We'll figure I out can, how that's going to go. <laughs> I can't do, one of us can do an unsexy schedule reading. <laughs> I'm sure all three of us could. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Last night's game deserves no words, honestly. Yeah. Fucking sucked. That's it. That's all it deserves. It was bad. All right. It deserves some words. Here. I understand it's the back uh, the back end of the back-to-back and a home-and-home and all that bullshit, but that fucking sucked. You know what it kind of seemed like to me? Is it kind of seemed like the Bruins geared up and gave it all they could for Friday, and when they lost in overtime, it kind of was just like, oh, shit. No matter what we do, we're just going to lose in overtime. So why bother? And then set, that's how they played on Saturday. Yeah, you you don't want your young guys doing that shit. You know, the I think it's good for them to have a few days off here, but they're going to the, the West Coast. So we'll see what happens there. I, I just feel like this team is just so up and down, up and down, up and down. And uh, they need to find some riv- rhythm very desperately. Uh, need to find that rhythm uh, to, to be able to play well and consistently uh yeah that i um i actually do have a little bit to say about last night's game and i'm gonna i hate to sound like an old an old school sports writer but after they played well in the second period and they maybe they're if based on their play they maybe should have gotten a goal in that second period to tie it up and so when they came out of that third period they just seemed so aggravated so maybe even at times nervous and frustrated, almost having a pity party upon themselves for not scoring in that second period. And when Morgan Riley scored, I think it was within seven minutes 
of the uh, of the third period. At that point, they're like, all right, white flag. We're going down with this ship. Well, I, and I think that Morgan Riley goal happened right after they didn't score on a five on three. Yes, that's correct. So, like, you don't score in the second period. Then you have, like, I think it was, like, one shot in a minute seven on the five on three, something like that, which is absolutely horrendous. I didn't even think they got a shot off on the five and three, but okay. I one. thought that's what I saw like on Twitter someone say that it was one shot on the five on three and that's unacceptable. Which it is. Either way. It's just awful. And then within it seemed like within seconds of that five on three being killed, Riley scores that goal and you're just like, wow. Okay. You can't win the game when you're playing patty cake on the power play. You know what I mean? Um, when you're just, like, sometimes there's just too much passing or just, you know, letting the puck just go out of the zone. You know? Uh, it, it's it's very frustrating. Especially with five on three, sometimes you just got to chuck the puck at the net and make something happen. I mean, there are more of your guys than theirs on the ice. Make something happen. You have two more players than the other team. <laughs> Literally, two more players. That's what a yeah. five on three means. You have two more players, you know. But um, I, I, yeah, that was a definite low point because they, you can't make anything happen there. Come on now. Anyway, I, uh, you know, guys, I think it's time to just acknowledge the frustration that the fan base has because we are fans. We have frustration. I think this team will be very exciting to watch when we get more pieces back or when people learn how to play together or whatnot. But right now, it's kind of like we'll have a great game and then we'll not have a great game. It's very up and down and everything. And I I can see why people are kind of checking out. It does not help right now that uh, Celtics are playing. You know, they, they share the same building. The Celtics are, are like amazing true with injuries yeah (laughs) to top it off they lost their top like they just won a game with their top three players missing and they were down by 18 points at one point i mean yeah yeah so so basically the the bruins are quickly becoming a red-headed stepchild of boston sports that's what the bruins have become they they were like tied for third fourth now it's just like (laughs) honestly though i think that's good for them right now where they're trying to kind of find themselves and things like that i think the boston media can definitely be awful and having them kind of be on the back burner while they're trying to find themselves while the young guys are trying to get that experience while the other guys are trying to get healthy i think is a good thing and i think in the long run, it'll help them more than having them be at the forefront and everyone just shitting all over them. Um, I absolutely love the fact that they're actually bringing up young guys and they're developing them further at this level. I have no problems with that. You have to do that in this NHL these days. The, um, the thing is, um, they have a lot of things working against them because they don't do certain things. So... Let me, you know what, before we get too far into this, I want to just kind of tell the fans what we're going to talk about, okay? Right. Well, I got to thinking about it because I saw a tweet, saw one tweet from a fan, 
who I happen to follow on Twitter, and uh, she had suggested that if the Bruins finish in the middle of the pack again, right, uh, where their draft pick will probably be like 13th or 14th or 15th or something like that, if they finish there, um, that she, she just can't stand it anymore. You know, it's like win or lose. Don't be in the middle of the pack. So she was suggesting a tank. So I thought... The original email that I sent out when I, I finally figured out what we should talk about this week, because I, <laughs> the first time I sent the emails around, I'm like, uh, we'll talk about brewing stuff. Uh. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I finally clarified it after seeing this email. Sometimes you just need inspiration. And I looked at it and I'm like, oh, and I thought tank or swim. And then I, I amended it to what I will eventually call the episode. Um Sink or swim, tank or win. It's got a nice ring to it, right? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. So basically, we're going to discuss the idea of whether or not the Bruins should stay the course or if they should purposely tank. Or we can reverse that. But anyway, yes, in the NHL, when you tank, it does not necessarily mean you get the number one overall pick. I think that's a very important thing to, to talk about right off the bat. Whereas in the NFL, if you suck that bad, you definitely get the number one pick. But if mm-hmm. you suck that bad, you're probably going to fuck up that number one pick. <laughs> Unless you clear house uh, with your GM and your coaching staff and whatnot, you're probably going to just do a bad job either picking or developing or whatnot. And uh, the NFL is not generous with um, having a developmental league. So there's that. In the NHL, you can tank and be put into a lottery. Where if you suck so bad, like Buffalo did, Edmonton can swoop in and take the number one overall pick and get Connor McDavid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so tanking sounds like it's like glamorous and wonderful and you're going to get the number one pick and everything's going to be great and dandy. But no, you might get a high pick or you could end up, you know, being the 14th overall pick. <laughs> so um so anyway so there, so there's that consideration but really i wanted to explore what it, it's like as a fan wanting your team to tank i can't personally get into that mindset myself but let's try yeah for me it's hard to cheer for my team to lose um that's kind of that's kind of the first step is trying to cheer for your team to lose games it's just like why watch? Why bother? Like, that's 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 how I feel about it. And I've never really been a fan of tanking, um, just because. Well, like you said with the NHL, not guaranteed the number one pick. In other sports, tanking can sometimes work. Like with, for example, the Houston Astros just won the World Series. They had about three or four years of getting pretty much the number one overall pick um, every year. Um, the players developed, and now they were World Series champions. Um, some of the picks that they got, some of the players they picked didn't end up working out. Uh, there, I think there was, I believe there was at least one uh, number one overall pick who's not even in the majors anymore that they got. But so it can it can kind of work there. But my biggest thing is they're six six and four, so that means we're what we're sixteen games into the year. It's an eighty two game season. How the hell are we talking about tanking already? I know, I know, I know. It seems like it's like um, a little premature. But I tankulation. Yes, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just say pre- premature tankulation? 
I did. Yes. I, I like that. I like that. Um, I'll put that in the notes. I'll try to put that in the notes for the, in the episode. But anyway, it is premature. I know, I know. But but basically, this week's episode would have been, ah, the Bruins are sucking and the injuries all done. <laughs> you know, um, but I did see another person suggested on Twitter. And I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? I agree with you. There's no reason for me mm-hmm. to watch or root for the team if they decide to go in for a tank. Now, I do go to games. I've been to a bunch of games already, so we'll see how many I go for the rest of the year. But I do go to games. I do spend money. I'm not going to go to a game if I can spend money for it to watch them just tank and root for a tank. Not doing it. But also, you know, I I just got to tell you, it's like, uh, why would I even watch it on TV? I have enough at stake here, you know, with the stuff that I do surrounding this team. I have enough to do around this team that if they go in for a tank, if they embrace that and they shit the bed and they do this on purpose, that the year's over for me. It's like, what's the point in doing a podcast? They're going to suck. Right. You know, I think you we all have that same thing, you know, going on here. I mean, obviously, but I, I just I don't understand the uh, the idea of embracing the tank, especially when there are 66 games to go. They haven't even played as many games. Other teams. Nick, what do you think? I think, uh, well, first of all, it is, we're, uh, we're way, 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 way too early to think about a tank. I know. Um, but let's hypothetically suppose come trade deadline. Here we go. Trade deadline. It's clear they're not going to make the, it's, it looks unlikely, clear, unlikely they're going to make the playoffs. Um, such as maybe not this past season, but the two seasons before that. I still wouldn't even go on full-on tank mode. I would maybe be sellers, not for that uh, end-of-the-year higher chance of a draft pick, but just to try to acquire some, um, you know, some good second-rounders, some third-round picks uh, in this uh, upcoming draft. And alleviate but this some team, salary, yeah. Yeah, um, I would be sellers in, in that case, but I still wouldn't do a tank. Uh, this team is... If this this may sound strange to you all, this team is not designed to tank. No, every that would be such a humongous shift in uh, personnel mindset that uh, it it would actually it would not be a good tank. Like I know, I know that sounds strange, but like this team isn't bad enough to tank. And, and I don't go. Yes. Oh no no. Oh, well, okay. I was gonna say. Honestly, that is the worst message you could send to your your uh, your prospects that you're developing here. Like, you know, your DeBrusks, your McAvoy's, your... Um, Bjork. Yeah, your Bjorks. The worst thing you could say is, you know what, guys? We're going to throw in the towel. You know, what you've been doing is great, but we want you to just suck. Yeah. See, see, that's the thing. It can breed that loser's mentality. And then you can end up like the fucking Browns of the NHL. Oh, my God. Oh, I know the Browns were my primary thought about tanks because how many times have they performed a tank and they can't reboot ever? Right? I mean, I, I, they're 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 rotten from the top down. So you know, uh, we're not that. Tanking can work in the NHL. Um, I mean, clearly it works in the um, major leagues because even Chicago Cubs last year kind of went through a tanking period, um, but the Penguins did it. And they got Crosby and Malkin out of it. Um, so it really, Chicago did the same thing and got uh, um, actually both those teams are kind of have many dynasties uh, going on right now. 
I, it's hard for me to say like, oh, it super works in the NHL. But when you look at the NHL the past few years, it's a very weird landscape because um, there's really only been uh, Pittsburgh, Chicago, the Kings, and the Bruins to win the Stanley Cup since 2010. And see, see that's the thing. It took the Penguins getting not only a franchise-altering player, but a league-altering player. Like he was, like he's one of the best players to play. Like that doesn't happen every year. They're the exception to the rule, not the rule. Generational talent. Yeah, yes. that's that's what you're looking at, and that's and just world. and just like uh, Connor McDavid is is probably we we can say he's that uh, for Edmonton. But how many years did Edmonton fucking tank? Yeah, or just just do perform poorly after they thought that they had it figured out. How many years did they do that before they ended up getting him? Yeah, it it you know, you missed it with Hall. You missed it with um, Yakupov. Oh, good lord, yes. And even that other number one pick they had really shouldn't have been the number one pick. Yeah. Um, Nugget. Nugget Hopkins, yeah. Uh, Nugget Hopkins, See, yeah. it, it takes us that long to even remember his name. Um, it, it just did hit me, and it the only, I guess, current tank job that looks like it might work in the near future, because uh, it, it was designed to do this, Maple Leafs. Well, you know what? I do want to talk about that in a little bit. Okay. 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 Um, Sorry. Let me... I need to jump the gun. No, no, you're not jumping the gun. I'm glad that you reminded me. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, why don't we just talk about that right now? I'll go Perfect. back to Buffalo in a little bit. Um... Oh. <laughs> Can't wait. That's know, an example of so it exciting, not working well. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. Buffalo. Uh, not Buffalo. Sorry. Let's try it again. Toronto. Toronto. Um, yes. Okay. Yes. The Maple Leafs have done a, a rebuild here. Um, you could say it's on the fly. They've done a lot of trading. You know, uh, they've had people come in. They've put them out, whatever. Then they have the mysterious IR person. You know, oh, yeah. Joffrey Lupul, right? So they've got, like, money off the books and mysterious circumstances and whatnot. They don't want him anywhere near his their younger players because he's full of bad habits or something, right? So uh, so you, they basically have shifted things around. They've played around with loopholes, and that's how... Huh, loopholes <laughs> <laughs> with loopholes. <laughs> that's how they got that way. Just like Chicago has done the rebuild on the fly because they have skirted so many issues by manipulating the salary cap, which can absolutely happen in the NHL. Do not be fooled by this hard cap shit, right? There's ways that they do it. Uh, they did that with Patrick Kane. They kept him on uh, LTIR a little bit longer than they needed to um, so they could just have that salary cap relief so they could go out at the trade deadline and get, I don't know who it was the other year, Kimo Timonen or something like that. But, uh, you know, um, the, the point is that, yeah, these other teams, they're they're playing by some other rules and there's nothing saying you can't do it, but not all of the GMs are playing the same way. So if the, I, the Bruins oh, were, oh, I was going to say, if the Bruins were willing to do that kind of shady stuff, I'm sure, I'm sure that we would have the same kind of rebuild on the fly. They're doing it the tried and true way. And well, we'll see. We're, we're going to see how that works. Anyway, go on. Um, 
going back to the Leafs, yeah, they're doing some shady stuff, but it, they must have the most expensive management payroll in the NHL. Oh my, yeah, yeah. Um, you have, I mean, they get the highest paid coach, and I don't know how much um, Lou is making as a GM, but it must be a lot if he left his job as president of the Devils for it. And then, of course, Shanahan's making a big buck, too. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, who owns the uh, the Maple Leafs? Um, teacher's pension. Technic, or is that... It's it's someone... It's, it's like a, a huge thing. Yeah, it's like a big entertainment group or something like that. And they yeah. are just spending the money where... Where where you don't have to have caps and stuff, they are just spending it freely to to get that um, to to get the the people in in place so that you they can develop that team and skirt loopholes. <laughs> yeah, the owner is called Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment Limited. Larry Tannenbaum is the chairman. Oh, well, yeah. So, look. If we were willing to do stuff like that, I'm sure everything would be great and rosy and wonderful. Um, and and the Leafs have been horrible for a long time, right? Yeah. 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 They, I should say they, um, they've um been bad, but then they did a proper tank job when they brought in all those uh, big names. And Here's the thing, too, with the Bruins. They're finally doing... What many fans clamored for, getting the young guys, getting them experience. <laughs> and yeah. 16 games into it, we're like, nope, can't handle it. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I can't personally handle it. I'm fine. No, but a lot of the fans, I've, I've seen a lot of stuff about should the Bruins tank, like you have. And it's just like, can't handle it. 16 games in, we're done. I, I mean, yes, I have frustration. But my frustration is more from the fact that it's like, my God, the hockey gods have cursed us this year. I would like to just have this team whole for a little bit. And I think it's going to be a different team. And I, I'm holding out for that. It's going to be great. But it is really hard. I get it. It's really hard to watch a game like last night's game and feel like, yeah, I'm excited for this team. <laughs> Honestly, I think it's just a sports god curse on my favorite teams because it seems like every single one of the teams that I've cheered for have had some kind of ridiculous injuries to deal with. Like Even this the year. Golden Knights. <laughs> yeah. They're, they have like, they're down to their 17th goalie. <laughs> You know, they're going to have the guy who makes the winning shot from center ice at the intermission suiting up and playing goalie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, you know, I dressed up as goalie once for the the Golden Knights, too. Um, I was their third string. You you thought I was just going to see that game. No, I was the third string. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, my gosh. It's just injuries are just pl- honestly though it seems kind of like a trend kind of around sports. So it seems like there's a lot of injuries in sports in general right now, kind of around like every. It seems like every day. Well, obviously, but it seems like there's more daily than that we hear. Yeah, uh, Richard Sherman just tore his Achilles the other night. 
Yep. That sucks. Really? Oh, yeah. And he got off the field, and they showed him mouthing to a friend, I'm or to a fellow player, tore my Achilles. Mm. And, and he had had problems with it, and then he tore it. And I, you know what? I don't care what you think about Richard Sherman. I think he's a smart guy, and I think he's very outspoken, and people hate that. Um, I actually love him for those very reasons. I, I, yeah. I love him. I think he's great. Um, you know what? Uh, I, I got to tell you, I felt really bad for him. I felt bad when I saw who was it? Was it Cameron Wake? He like tore his Achilles during a Patriots yep. game, and I felt terrible about that because you know what? I don't want to see that happen to other players, even if they're opposing my team. You know, so it's like I, I hate all of these injuries. I hate these terrible injuries. I hate the 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 surgeries and the different things, and I hate people's bodies just breaking down on them, and it's just terrible. I think you know what? I'm gonna just blame um, Donald Trump. Yeah, wonderful. <laughs> and Steve Bannon. I'm going to blame both of them uh, because they have brought on the plagues on the earth and we're all going to fucking die. Um, sorry, I don't mean to get political here, but um, we're all going to fucking die. So, hey, enjoy the Bruins while we got them. You know, these kids. Before we all fucking die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously, we're all going to die. And honestly, the yeah, the injuries are the worst. It's uh, just watching these game in game out and I think something you said about Sherman too just off topic a little bit I think he doesn't get credit enough for how intelligent he really is the dude went to Stanford graduated in three years and then got his master's degree in his fourth year there holy crap yeah like he he's actually very intelligent and people don't give him enough credit for it yeah uh, yeah I I like Richard Sherman. I like smart guys. This is this is nothing new. I think I've talked about this like a million freaking times. Um, I'm sad, but glad that uh, what's his name, Urschel, John Urschel, who is the Ravens' um, uh, offensive lineman. He went to Penn State, graduated in like two or three years or something. He also his last year he was teaching a class, like because I think he stayed there for four years, but his last. Uh, year he actually taught a math class of some kind and now he's at MIT and the reason why he decided to retire was that he was afraid because he did get knocked out cold last Mm. season and he was like I had one concussion and I was afraid to get another one and that's a perfectly fine reason to to, because if you're going to MIT you know uh, and uh, (laughs) oh and by the way Ursel got his um, his masters while he was at Penn State in, yep. in that final year while he was teaching. He's getting his PhD in mathematics, I believe. Yeah, it's oh it's a very God. obscure mathematics. <laughs> like, I, I like, re- read the thing and I'm like, wow, I would love to understand this. <laughs> but it's like, it's really great. He's He's had papers published. He's brilliant. I don't blame him for getting out at all. So it's like, sports, there are people in sports who are really, really smart. Um, and it really doesn't matter where you came from. Use what you're, you've got, use it. That's it. Okay. Um, but anyway, his parents were wicked smart too. His, his, um, dad was a surgeon and his mom's an attorney. Yep. So I mean, (laughs) they, they instilled that in him. Good on them for telling, letting him know that, you know, academics isn't as important as, uh, sports are. Yeah. So, um, 
there you go. I I love it. I love smart guys. I love smart guys doing smart things and whatnot. And uh, we're all going to fucking die. That's the important thing. <laughs> we got sidetracked here. I'm barely on topic. Really? <laughs> I don't think we ever have... You know, the last episode where we stayed almost entirely on topic was the one that Jeff hosted. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Not surprising. <laughs> I mean, that's a compliment. I mean, that's a compliment. Every and it's like we all just do. We we all have our thing. Oh wow, Urschel, spectral graph theory, numerical linear algebra, and machine learning. And he was also on Forbes thirty under thirty list of outstanding young scientists. Whoa! See, I told you I'd love to understand what that is, and I'm sure if I took the time in about 20 or 30 years, I might understand the abstract on that paper. (laughs) Seriously, my gosh. Oh, I got to tell you, when you have to read papers and you're sitting there like scientific papers and you're getting through the abstract on some of them, you're just like, kill me. Please kill me. Why? Why? I mean, the abstract is going to tell you everything that you you want to find in that. So whether or not that paper is going to be useful for you or not. Um, Some of them, though, are just so freaking boring. They really are. But anyway, that's been Science Chat for this week. Yes. So glad that we could have that, you know. Uh, My favorite journal, honestly, is uh, Nature. Just wanted to let you know. Oh. Which is kind of odd because I tend to be on the chem side of things, but you know, sometimes there's some biochem stuff that's in there and I love it. Anyway, yes. Mine's what? the sports business journal. No surprise there. Uh sports business journal. SBJ, love it. I had to get it for my undergrad. Like each semester we had to get a subscription and it's great. I love it a lot. Nick, what's your favorite journal? <laughs> um uh, Playboy, because now I can finally read it just for the articles. <laughs> <laughs> Science chat. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I this is not going to come as much of a surprise, but I forgot where we were. We had talked about Richard <laughs> Sherman. So tanking, yeah. Tanking. Uh, tanking. Yeah. Toronto is doing it okay with shadiness. Buffalo is not. There oh, is a Buffalo, yeah. fine scientific method to tanking, and no one knows it. <laughs> <laughs> is it kind of true. I think that tanking is an art, not a science. But, or no, well, I'm sure, well, you know what? I don't know. Is it an art and a science? Art science. It's, it's a, a science art. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, there are ways to do it. Um, see, There you know, are ways not to do it. The, the fact that it, it involves manipulation seems to me that it's more of an art than a, a science. Because science doesn't really necessarily have manipulations. It is testing, 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 testing until you finally get it right. You know what I mean? I think it's premature to talk about t- tanking for sure. But you know what? Oh, Hey, it, maybe you'll get people listening and talking. It'd be fun. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like... I just hate the nature of tanking. I just do. I just don't want to think about... I want my team to be, like, fighting for everything. 
But I feel like this team right now is just fighting so hard and the results are so mixed, mm-hmm. you know? And it, I, I just feel like last night, I feel like there was no fight. They were just, they were wiped out. They were um, disheartened. It just, they, they just didn't look right. You know, it's like Marshy was only out two games, but I can't imagine playing a back-to-back was the best thing for him. Yeah, that would wear him out. You know, I mean, it's like you've had a concussion. I've had a concussion. Everybody's had concussions here. I think all of us. And um, you're fucking wiped. (sighs) You know, no matter how many you've had, you know, or if it's a light one or not, you're just like, there's only so much that you can do in a day and not feel like you're just tanked yourself. So, okay. So Buffalo. (laughs) Buffalo is an example of how you can tank and you can get a high pick, but not the number one overall pick. (laughs) Not so fast. And still, years later, be not so good. The most Buffalo thing ever to do. I mean, they, they got Eichel, you know, but and Eichel's very good, but he's not Connor McDavid. Right. Right. Um, and then they just had, like, poor coaching decisions. You know, I mean, Eichel drove Bielsma out. I don't even know who the coach is anymore. Some guy. And then they, they did extend Eichel, didn't they? I think so. But he's not making $12.5 million a year. But, yeah, so they extended him and everything. They've gotten yeah. other pieces in there, you know, who should work out, but... They look like a better team on paper than they actually are. I think that fits into the tanking and then losing kind of becomes in the team's DNA and kind of becomes um, that culture in that city. And then that's what you end up with is teams that should be better on paper. um, And they're really not. They're just not playing like it. I know all too well. How that is with the Buccaneers. Teams should be better on paper. But oh, yeah. Losing is just in the culture right now. And you've got to change the mindset. And it's something that the players have to buy into it. And the management and the coaching staff has to believe that they're able to change it. And it's tough. Yeah, that can certainly be it. I, I also wonder how much, I don't know how much uh, their owner kind of intrudes or their owners I'll say but it's really just Terry Pagula right who's day to day um I wonder how much he intrudes on that team and how much he intrudes on his other team the Buffalo Bills because neither team is quite where it should be <laughs> oh yeah although I'd, I'd I'd venture that the Bills are in better position than the actual than the Sabres are just because I like the Bills coaching staff is really good. I think Sean McDermott re- was a really good hire for them. And I think they will be further along than uh, the Sabres. And that's sad. It's really, really sad because um, football fortunes, they change, but not that quickly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, and hockey, it seems like you can have a team that, uh, if they just do the right things, 
they can make dramatic and drastic pr- improvements and make the playoffs and do all these things and make it to the like the final round, the championship, the finals, not the finals, the Stanley Cup final. Final. Yeah, whatever. Um, but anyway. Yeah, Buffalo, they, they've made really very little in the way of improvements in the time that I've been watching, and that's four or five seasons now. So um, they, you know, they're an example of why tanking is a bad idea. And honestly, it's just too early to tank. Give this some time. Please, fans, give them some time to gel. Give the team time to get healthy. Just just relax a little bit. Enjoy seeing the exciting young guys. Now, I know it seems frustrating that um, lately Bjork seems a little bit off a little, but, I mean, I think he'll be fine. Just just enjoy the young guys. This is what you asked for for so long. Don't give up after 16 games. Just don't. I really just hope that Bjork is okay after Matt Martin tried to take his head off last night. Oh, that was awful. That was that hey, was so blatant. It wouldn't surprise me if Matt Martin has a secretly a broken bone from that hit. I know he went out and played again, but I think he hurt himself too. He did hurt himself. And for, you know, like Chara and I don't know who it was, they were getting ready to like uh, go give him a visit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he exited the game for a while. So, uh, yeah, but it, you know, the team, it, it, the team has a lot of young players now. They need time to develop. We need to get the veterans who are supposed to be surrounding them and providing them an environment in which they're supposed to kind of grow and learn. We need them back. Uh, I know it sounds like, you know, making a lot of excuses because, People are injured, but they're injured. It. I mean, let's face it. It's pretty much Providence out there. Yeah. Yeah. Except for like the f- the first line, it's pretty much Providence. So let's let's give it some time. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, that's not to say that you can't excuse everybody's play. Um, you know, there are, there are players who have really shitty shitty nights or are having problematic years and whatnot, but um. You have to hope that that's going to improve too, and that they acknowledge that that's what's happening. So, yeah, you know. And there are some people that are perceived to have shitty years that we need to calm down about, aka Pasta. Like there are people that are upset about him, but I'm pretty sure he has 17 points in seven in on the season, and the Bruins have played 16 games. So I, we need to calm down there. Yeah, I think that they're they're more upset that he's taken a couple of dumb penalties. You know, at bad times. I mean, there's never a good time for a penalty, really. But um, he's taken some bad ones and uh, made some questionable moves. And you know what? Pasta's still, what, he he just turned 21? Yeah. So guess what? He's going to have shitty games. It's going to happen. Um, he has 10 goals. He has 7 assists. Um, I mean... Yeah, seventeen points in sixteen games. Uh, I know people were are complaining were complaining about um, Bjork, but he has I think three goals and six assists, so nine points in sixteen games, which really isn't bad for your rookie season. I mean, 
let's just let's just like put the pitchforks down and relax no, a little bit. None of these players are Austin Matthews, Patrick Laine, um, Connor McDavid, Jack Eichel. None of these guys are those kind of players, right? Yeah, so, I guess that's kind of the problem. People like, oh, look at all these rookies. This so famous and so good. I'm like, yeah, but then look at all the other rookies who are just, you know, rookies doing pretty good. Yeah, and they're they're doing their thing. They're just not on the same level. Yes, that has a lot to do with draft position and so on and so forth. But guess what? Um, I'm I'm still not willing to go through a tank to get that. I'm just not. It's almost like players are different and some players take longer to develop than others. Imagine that. Oh my god, I feel like this is a theme that we've talked about before. So, I don't know, like, maybe? Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah. You gotta give the kids a little room to grow. You gotta give them the ability to have errors to make mental and playing errors um you know they're not going to win every game but if they're not even fucking trying anymore because you've beaten them down so fucking much then guess what um you're in a much worse spot i'd rather that these kids learn like hey when we play like this we win and when we play like this other way we don't win so i'm gonna try not to play like this other way okay okay yeah. Okay. <laughs> it sounds really stupid and fundamental, but it, that's just how it is. So, no tanking. No tanking. Develop Maybe the kids. Some helicopters, but no tanks. <laughs> 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 I would love to see a helicopter celebration. I just want to see a player just go. That would be pretty <laughs> sweet. <laughs> I think the Bruins should do their synchronized ice twirling. As their goal celebration. Twirling oh. and twirling. That was so great to see that. That was probably one of my favorite things to find on Twitter this week for the Bruins. What was that? When Krug and uh, Pasta were twirling in pre, um, pre-game yes. warm-ups? They, they should make that their goal celebration. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Everybody's celebration looks exactly the same right now. So, sure, why not? Make it a little bit different. Meanwhile, the CFL is setting the bar and raising it for celebrations. That limbo celebration early, earlier today was unreal. Really? They had, they had two players holding another player like a limbo stick and someone going under the player that was acting as the limbo stick after a touchdown. It was That's un- impressive. It was amazing. I did not see it. I will have to look at it later. But I think that might be hard to do on ice, so let's not do it. <laughs> I say give it a go. Nah, I'm going to pass. I'm going to take a hard pass on this one. Are we done with tanking? Yes. Okay. All right. So uh, I guess we can go into... <laughs> Actually, may I, may I say one thing that also pops up with the tanking? Or sure. the opposite side of the tanking. Yes. So people like, oh, the Bruins should have selected this guy in this year's draft and yada, yada, yada. But no, they went with these three guys. I want to bring you back to 2014. <laughs> June. June 2014. Uh, maybe 
June 27th. Yes, thank you. Very realistic spookiness going on there. That is That, of course, was uh, the day the Bruins drafted Pasternak. 25th overall. I can honestly say um, there's really only two teams that are probably like would have said, no, what? No, we'll stick with our guy. And that's the Florida Panthers, who went first overall with Aaron Ekblad, and probably Edmonton Oilers with Leon Dreitseidel. All the other teams that drafted um, before, well, I guess drafted, yeah, before the Bruins, are all saying, oh, we should have selected Pasternak. I'm done. Team, teams sometimes win, they sometimes lose, or sometimes it's a draw. But the Bruins clearly got the diamond in the pretty good diamond rough of the first round with David Pasternak. I would love to have Leon Dreitzeidel myself because, <laughs> you know, it's all that German stuff and whatever. But um, truthfully, I mean, no, not for myself. Come on now, Nick. I, he's German. I don't know. Yeah. Makes um, sense. Ich liebe meine deutsche Spieler. But anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah, it should just come out just that easily anyway. Uh, I love my German players. But the truth is that, you know what? There's always that chance you're going to draft somebody and they're just not going to click with your team. I mean, Edmonton has had that for how many years? You know, they finally got the right people who could actually do something with Dreitzeidel and then McJesus and all that stuff because they cleared house and then brought in Peter Shirelli, who will be fine for a while. But, you know, I can't wait till next year yep. to see what he does. But anyway, um, that Luch deal, that's going to look great. Anyway, um, that, look, that's Poster- all I wanted to say. Yeah, you know what? It's it's fine. Pasternak is, is a good player. Um. We can sit here and we can second doubt all of their draft choices, which, please, I don't want to do that. I'm just, nothing could bore me more, honestly, than doing that. I just Let's hate Let's talk this. about jerseys, then. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Only one thing could bore me more <laughs> than, than, than uh, like, uh, you know, doing this whole, like, uh, what if we would have drafted blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. Just. Go wank somewhere else. I'm all set. Thank you. What if we stitched right here? <laughs> yeah. What well. if we drafted shoulder yokes instead uh. of head stripes? <laughs> <laughs> the piping. We uh. better piping. You know, I if you combine the two, if you drafted elements of your uniform, that I actually would I would do that. That would be so funny. <laughs> Guys, we drafted a pretty good team. Unfortunately, uh, we we forgot to draft a print, and uh, we just had to sign a free agent. We and we got tie dye. <laughs> we, we had to sign tie dye. Oh, Ty's cool. gonna give it his all, yeah. but in the end, he might die. <laughs> oh my god, it would be so funny. It's like, well, we wanted to draft uh, the color black, but we ended up getting. Purple polka dots. Guys, guys, I hate to say it. I know we wanted red, but I'm colorblind, so we got pink. (laughs) (laughs) It's close. (laughs) But but not really. (laughs) See, 
Now I can get behind that. I would like that. That's the kind of draft that, and uniform talk that I would get behind. I like this. <laughs> Remember, Jeff's ideal uniform is plaid. <laughs> Which is surprising to no one that listens to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we drafted plaid. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not the right plaid. <laughs> oh yeah, sometimes the, like the bad plaid is it's bad. We it, drafted his twin brother. Fuck. It's orange and purple. <laughs> With a green stripe through oh. it. Oh god. Okay, yeah, so anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I can get behind that, but I think we're going to move on now. <laughs> okay. We're going to move on to fucking schedule talk. That's what we're going <laughs> to move on to. Oh, it's not sexy schedule talk. It's, uh, it's fucking schedule talk. <laughs> oh, God, I don't even know if I want to know what this is. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going with it, all right? Because this... this coming up this week is just the worst. It's the fucking West Coast Swing. So we got 10 a.m. or wow, no, 10 p.m. and 10.30 p.m. starts for everyone. And it fucking sucks. And there's a back-to-back in there, right? Tell us all about it. Tell, Read it out for us. First we got Wednesday, November 15th in freaking Anaheim. Now, that's 10 p.m. and I'm telling you what, this is just not fun. It's gonna be awful. You're not gonna wanna... You're not going to want to watch it. And the ice at the Honda Center is shitty. It is so shitty. And then after that, the very next day, we got to go to fucking L.A. and play (laughs) the Kings, who really, are they really a team? They shouldn't be. Because just screw them. I'm just sick of it. I just really don't. That's a 10.30 start. So you got to wait a half hour longer than the other one to watch it. (laughs) Bravo. And finally, we're ending in San Jose um, with the Sharks on Saturday, November 18th, also at 1030, because that extra half hour to get to the game makes a huge difference out in California. (laughs) We're going to get there at second intermission anyway, but that extra half hour, they've got it. for five <laughs> i don't get it i don't i don't get it either it's oh fucking schedule talk that's what it's been <laughs> <laughs> so i think we have a replacement to sexy schedule talk Wait, we had, like the fill-in oh fuck <laughs> I feel like I channeled my inner my inner um Kevin Paul Dupont with that one. So (laughs) 
What's this? Tim has just blocked Jeff on Twitter for no reason. (laughs) (laughs) That's the funniest thing. I mean, I usually get blocked for some reason, but Jeff got blocked for no reason. (laughs) Hey, Kevin Paul DuPont, I don't think that's a good idea. Blocked. Aww. (laughs) (laughs) No, Jeff just said... Corsi. Oh, yeah, that was it. Corsi. <laughs> well, he did swear, to be fair, so. To Kevin Paul DuPont, Corsi's definitely a swear. Oh, I thought, you, I thought you were going to say that Jeff said fucking Corsi. No, he just said Corsi, and that's all you need to say. That's a. That's a. <laughs> let's sacrilege. Oh. Listeners, send us your reasons why you think that Jeff got blocked by Kevin Paul DuPont. And we'll read <laughs> off the funniest ones next week. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for bare necessities. Uh, you know what my bare necessity this week? It's not Corsi. Uh, <laughs> it's never Corsi. It's not Cors Light either. Okay, so for these uh, West Coast games that, that Tim so accurately detailed for us <laughs> um besides being asleep nick <laughs> yeah what are your bare necessities well um yes for the listeners i'm mostly open at a grocery store and which means i'm uh actually it's not that bad i'm only there at six my brother worked at trader joe's he often had to be there at four so i shouldn't bitch too much um but with that said if i were awake I would be drinking um, Chad's Chai Tea out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. He has both caffeinated and decaffeinated teas. Me, I prefer his mint tea. It's very delicious. Okay. I feel like Nick's just going to use this opportunity all the time for a plug for Winston-Salem. But that's okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he also used to be my coworker. Oh! I didn't make know that. Well, if you, yeah, I mean, Chad's cool. I used, uh, I've been in his kitchen. Oh, where was he, your coworker? Goodwill. Oh, so he went off and did this, or is it a side project? Yeah, he just stays busy. He works full time and does the Chad's Chai uh, tea full time. I mean, he has a few employees. Um, I mean, I don't think he's pretty much just within North Carolina, uh, but I think one day he'll. Maybe he might send some stuff out. He has a huge warehouse with it. Like, I've never seen so many tea leaves in my life. <laughs> All right. Hopefully um, a big pot of boiling water doesn't spill in there. Yeah, I would. Uh, <laughs> it would smell delicious, but ruin him financially. All right. So don't let that happen, uh, yeah. Winston-Salem. That's, yes. Okay. So uh, oh, I yes. can actually watch the game uh, Thursday night. I'm off Friday. Sweet. All right, so you're going to be ready for that 10.30 start. Yeah, remember, they got that extra fucking half hour. <laughs> That's when I'll be brewing my tea. <laughs> yeah, you think it starts at 10, but it's 10.30. 10 fucking 30. 10 fucking 30. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tim, what about you? Well, if I'm not asleep... Um, at, we'll... <laughs> at 10 fucking 30. At 10 fucking 30. It's that extra half hour. I can't... I... 
can't be bothered, really. Um, Sometimes it makes a difference because it means you have to stay up till one to watch that, at least. Ugh. At the very least, and that's not fun. Staying up till one. Anyway, I think if if I'm not drinking like ginger ale or green tea or something like that, I've the last couple, the last week or so, I've been on my uh, alcoholic water kick with. <laughs> Um, alcoholic seltzer water, and the one I've been drinking recently is called White Claw. Um, it's got a lovely waves on the front of it, and it's got some decent flavors. I like the um, I like the black cherry one the best. Um, but they have like black cherry. I think they have grapefruit. They have lime. They have raspberry. I think that may be it. But yeah, I was gonna say the black fucking cherry. The Black fucking grapefruit. <laughs> Grapefruit's the worst out of all of them. I, they need to stop with the grapefruit shit. But <laughs> Black Cherry gets an A. You know what? You, you know what is good though with grapefruit? The German Rodlers that they make. Um, uh, that are uh, basically it's like a it's like a light beer like a blonde or something that's put in with a uh, with the, it's like brewed or mixed in with grapefruit juice of some kind they're really good they're good in the summer i wouldn't have them in the winter because it's like clean and refreshing in the in the and the whatever actually i got one down at barclays because varsteiner my favorite beer makes uh makes one um and that's the only place i've ever seen it you know oh. i was hoping i could see some other varsteiner because they're a, a sponsor there at the arena which is beautiful but they don't sell the right one Sell the right ones. Get it together, Barclays. I want the don't go, come on. Ah, you know what I mean? They'll be doomed to California if they don't get it together. Fucking, yeah. Fucking half hour. <laughs> fucking War- Warsteiner and their fucking wrong choices of beer at the fucking Barclays Center. I mean, you would think it was a game at fucking 1030. <laughs> or 10 fucking 30. Sorry. Said it wrong. Um, <laughs> putting, I'm, I'm just putting fucking in the wrong part of the sentence but that's okay what am i going to be drinking or i mean what's my bare necessity um at this i I don't know god god help me i don't want to stay up for these games (laughs) (laughs) the west coast is the worst coast that's right the west coast is the fucking worst coast it's the worst fucking coast (laughs) yeah google and their fucking electric cars and freaking I don't know. Pesto. Get out of here. (laughs) 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 They're fucking pesto. Uh, So my my beer selection has not changed uh, in the last week, but I do not have a pesto beer. And I'm wondering if I should see... No, no no one should see if that's a thing. Uh, Especially in California. Bet you it is, because California... Yeah, and they're fucking pesto. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I still have the old stuff that I've been talking about. So I'm a slacker. Slacker. Hmm. That's that's me. Yeah. So, um, I think we should probably uh, give people communication details and shit. And then, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anybody want to do that? I mean, Tim had the 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 
fucking schedule reading, so Nick, you can do that if you want to. Everybody okay. does it better than me. You want me to just say fuck a lot and tell them where like, we, we can be found? Well, if or you, do you, if want... you do what feels natural, Nick. Okay. I'm going to be polite. Oh. He thinks that our swearing isn't polite. I in think fucking New England. In fucking I think it's New fucking England. delightful. Yeah. But I'm going to I'm going to be I'm going to be polite. You're going to be you know polite. We're not going to You can find us on Twitter at barely on topic where we're not going to waste your time with an extra 140 characters or an extra fucking 30 minutes. No, we care about your time. We're straight to the point on Twitter. Also, find us on our personal Twitter accounts. I bet you can find us. You're smart people. You're we're pol- we're polite. You're polite. You will be polite to each other. It'd be fantastic. We're also on Facebook. Uh, barely on topic podcast. Hey, you write to us. We'll write back. You got a question? We'll answer it on the the podcast. Isn't that fantastic? I love it. Of course. Where can you find us to to listen? That's the most important bit. That is. Well, we're on iTunes, we're on SoundCloud, we're on Google Play, and I bet we're on a few others. We, you know what? Tell us your favorite place to listen to a podcast, and we'll make sure we're there. Okay? How's that? I bet that's great. <laughs> that was pretty great, Nick. Thank you. Thank you. I might just save that from now on and just paste it into every episode. I didn't know that Nick was in this episode. Yes, he is. <laughs> Hi. All right. I got to go now. You have a good day. Rise, Nick. <laughs> okay, so uh, that's it, I, I guess. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like, I've totally just farmed out every part of this podcast. So, um, Timmy. Word. <laughs>